And now it's time, that time of the week you've all been waiting for, slightly on the edge of your seat with bated breath. I have no idea what that means. It is time for the Biscuits and Gravy Show. My name is Jason Kurtman. Sitting across the borders of the state, several of them, is my good friend Jim. He always returns his bottle for the deposit. Nelson. Hi, Jim. How you doing? I'm still doing better than I deserve. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, nope, take no offense. you know me. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> no offense taken. I know right. me too. Yeah, there you go. So do you? Um, does Michigan still do the 10-cent bottle return? Yep. They do. I, you know, yep. I used to work the bottle return in Michigan when I was... In in my mid high school years, I think it was. I that was my favorite job in the whole store. It was the easiest job in the whole store. I thought, uh, beat beat running out there and pushing carts and bringing them in or bagging groceries and mopping. You the had floor. an excuse why you smelled like alcohol. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although I will I will tell you that most of the bottles returned at our store. Most of them were soda bottles. Yep. So they they still sell soda in the glass bottles up there too, right? Yep. There's a few that do. Uh, Town Club still does. Interesting. Here, yep. yeah, very very few sodas are in a glass bottle, and if they are, usually it's a specialty, like the Mexican cokes. Those are in a glass bottle. Of course, they're produced, they're manufactured, and of course, Mexico, because they don't use the syrup; they use the real cane sugar. You know that stuff that'll put you in a diabetic coma. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, but I that that was my problem. That's what really really put my diabetes into second gear, so to speak, was those Mexican cokes because I got I got addicted to them. And uh, I'll just stop there. This I won't give my confession <laughs> as to how many a day I was hooked on. But uh, yeah. So anyway, Jim, uh, what are you up to? You having a good week? Having a pretty okay week. Are you making the moolah? I'm 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 working at it. You're working. We're always working at it, right? Are you making money? Well, depends on what you call money, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So uh, it's like the guy that went to work and it was bring your daughter to work day, and the little girl said, uh, "So are you the guy that gives my dad his bag of peanuts the uh, at the end of every week?" <laughs> so, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't go over too well. So. Anyway, I guess we uh, I guess we can handle the business, right? Ba-da-da-da-da. Special thanks to our executive or our, our corporate sponsor, McDonald's Corporation. Uh, that goes good, really good with a Mexican Coke, but they don't serve that out of the fountain there. But it's good stuff anyway. Good Big Mac and all that, all that good wholesome, uh, fun jazz for the kiddos there. So special thanks to our executive consultant, Rodney. He doesn't eat cake any longer, uh, Barden. Um, he's, he's kind of watching his diet too. Um, check out our website at ourfantasticwebsite.com and, and, uh, or if you can't remember that, I don't know who couldn't remember ourfantasticwebsite.com, but we also have vintagebiscuits.com. Uh, a fantastic Facebook page called the Biscuits and Gravy Bunch page. Jim, I just started a contest. I think it was today. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. So if you're a member of the Biscuits and Gravy Bunch page, we're doing a membership drive. If you, and this is all done on people's honors, uh, people's honor. If you invite five friends, whether they join or not, put your name in the comment and that puts you into a little raffle we're going to do on July 1st. We did that last year and had a blast. We sent out a really, really nice hot dog cooker uh, with that. This year... We're going to not do the hot dog cooker, but something else a little bit. I, I haven't decided yet, but i got a lot of options running through my mind. We've got, for it's for every five people that you invite, you get a chance. 
I've got one woman so far who's the only one participating. It's only been up today. She's got six chances. So somebody better get on there and uh, get to work. So good stuff. Yeah. I was just going to say, I guess so. Yeah. Yep. So uh, anyway, anything else, Jim? How's the kiddos doing? Doing all right. Thought you were going to say tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) We're blessed to have kids that are more than just tolerable. Yes. <laughs> I th- I think they 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 come from good raisin. I think that's what it is. Good stock. So I, it it can't hurt. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, that's right. It's not it's not a guarantee, but uh it it helps. Um, I'm I'm thinking mine just popped out of their mama that way and I I put off making any <laughs> Any claims to <laughs> any claims to help in that endeavor? Yeah. Well, any, any claims to taking credit for? Well, it, I'll put it that way. Jim, from what I know of your kids, they take after you. Ideology, ideology. What's the word I'm trying to say, and I can't spit it out. Ideologically. Yeah, that word. What he said, folks. <laughs> uh, they take after you, I believe, more so than their mother. But I never knew her mother, but I know you, so. That's a compliment to your you and yorn. I, I I try hard. That's all I know. That's that's a word I use quite a bit. Yorn. Yorn. Yeah. Sarah and I will do something, you know, and I'll we'll we'll get something, and I'll say and that one's yorn. The 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 word I use a lot is try hard. Try hard. Use that in a sentence. Syllables. Use that in a sentence. I try hard. That's all oh I okay. Know. Yeah. That's that's that uh, Alabama Louisiana dialect there, right? Or yeah. Southern Missouri, I can say that. Yeah, kind of up there with that that six syllable word. Get on out of here. Get on out of here. Yeah, that's <laughs> what my uncle used to say to the dog on the back porch. Get on out of here. Dogs get in the trash. Get on out of here. Yeah. It's like, how do you spell that? I don't know that you do. I remember <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy telling that joke, and I laughed so hard because I got an uncle just like that. Well, I did. He's passed away. But, uh, yeah, I had an uncle just like that who would talk like that. My uncle was kind of funny. He he was, you got to understand people on that side of the family, not all of them, but some of them would say something and then turn around and contradict what they just said. For example, this uncle of mine was talking about one time this, he had a big farm, a lot of, lot of acreage, and a lot of it was wooded, and some of it was fields. And he was talking about these fellows that would come over and hunt deer on his property. And I said, well, uh, you, you let folks come and hunt on your property? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't turn anybody away, you know. I, was just, uh, I said, well, that's interesting. I said, I've, I've got a, a friend who's looking for a place to hunt. He goes, oh, no, I don't want strangers on my property. <laughs> just that quick, you know, just turn around. And his sister one time, which was my, my grandmother, she was living with me for a while, and I had an uncle there over one night for dinner. And this was back in my, uh, I, I, well, prior to my blue period. Um, those of you that don't know, that was yeah, my my time as a police officer. Yeah. So anyway, we were there sitting at the dinner table, and I was quite a bit hefty then. My grandmother comes over. We had just eaten. She comes over to dips up. A big spoon into the mashed potatoes and starts to put it on my plate and she said Jason would you like another helping of mashed potatoes and I said yeah grandma I believe I would she immediately puts the spoon backs in the back in the pot 
and knocks it on the side to knock the potatoes off the spoon and says, well, you don't need any more. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think she was trying to be mean. It's just that switch in her mind just got activated. You know, she put her gears in reverse. So It kind of, kind of reminds me that, um, you know, when you see the, the sunglasses come down and the, it says gangsta. Yeah, yeah, dun, dun, that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, that was my grandmother. Come <laughs> Glasses yeah. come down on my grandma. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she passed. Uh, she passed away last year, I believe it was. And uh, I, I got a call from her probably about a month before she died, and uh, she said, uh, "Randy." I said, "No, no, this isn't Randy. This is Randy's son." And she said, "Oh, Jay. Well, I thought Randy was trying to call me." I said, "Well, I don't know about that, but you called me, so." Um, I knew she was, uh, she just didn't sound like she was going to be there too long at that, at that point, and she wasn't, so. Anyway, hey, did you, did you read the article on Babylon B about Kamala Harris? This is funny. No, I didn't. Saw this today. Of course, everything on Babylon B, you know, is, what do they call it, satire? Right. They had a picture of a tweet that was supposedly made by Kamala Harris, and it said, hey, Hillary... I understand Joe Biden has some dirt on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because no. you know, you know, what the implication yes. is there. So I thought that was pretty funny. Babylon B. So anyway, she got herself into a little bit of a uh, predict. I, I don't know, predicament, scandal uh, situation here recently. Okay. Uh, she was on Air Force Two on Sunday. And uh, I guess she was flying back from Guatemala or Guatemala or something. She passed out cookies, cookies. You know, like the kind you give your kid to the to the staff and uh, some of the people there on Air Force Two that had her likeness on them. They were cookies cut out to make look just like her. Okay. Um. Yeah. Weird. That's pretty narcissist. That's a lot of. What's the word, Jim? Help me out here. You're my... Narcissist. Yes. Some people have spell check. I have Jim. He helps me (laughs) pronounce the words. The Jim check. The Jim check, yes. And sometimes I'm even right. Yes. Fake it till you make it, right? Right. Yeah. So I hear you... Is that you typing away or is that Fufu writing the rest of his novel? No, that one was me. Oh, okay. All right. I'm looking at this uh, thing here from Rush Limbaugh. Uh, where Rashid, uh, or Rashida Talib, yeah. Now I need you to help me out. Okay. R- Rashida Talib. Didn't she play on the Cosby Show? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. She, she couldn't even do good comedy. No. Um, she claims that uh, freedom of speech doesn't exist for Muslim women in Congress. Um, how did they get to Congress? Um, right. And then I sit here, my response is, then how is it I hear you? Right. It's like one of those. It's one of those self-canceling equations. The minute you said it, you're wrong. It's kind of like bragging about your humility. You lost it. That's like saying there's no such thing as an absolute. Right. Yeah. Are you, you just, absolutely you, you, sure about you, that? Yeah. You just made one. Yeah. And, and then if you reverse it and say that everything is subjective, then you go, well, is your subjectivity subjective? Right. And if so, then what's it subject to? Oh, yes. Well, an absolute. You know, I recently saw an interview. I, I can't remember. This was in Congress. There was a hearing or something, and this woman got up, and I think she was somebody that was trying to be appointed uh, to an office by Biden. I don't remember. It was so long ago, but I'll never forget. I forgot who it was, but I didn't forget what happened. 
this woman had made a, a report or a statement, a tweet or something, stating that all white people were racist. And uh, this congressman or whatever that was interviewing him said, well, are you racist? Well, she wouldn't say yes. She, I, she just I have overcome any tendencies I might have had. He said, you said in your report, all white people are racist. So, by your own admission, are you racist? She wouldn't. She wouldn't answer it. You know, another another case of at we as what we said last week. Somebody who wants to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, and see, this is this is kind of the thing that I've. I was just talking with a friend last night about this kind of very thing, where they will they'll sit there, they'll make these kinds of statements, and the minute that you try to point out that that's uh, that, that statement's nonsensical because it cancels itself. Right. Uh, then they redefine the words, so now the the very words that make this thing up can't even mean what they mean. It's a, it's a little bit like here a while back, uh, Ben Shapiro was dealing with some lefties, and some, some girl stands up and says, well, uh, why is it, uh, or, or where does it, where is it written that girls can't be Boy Scouts? Right, and he said, in the name. Boy in the Scouts. name, yeah. Boy Scouts. Well, okay. Since that is since that is so easily answered, well, what do they do? Well, what is a girl? What is a boy? What is a man? What is a woman? Well, I can't really say. Really, right. really, because whether you believe in God and the Bible or whether you believe evolution, there's a very specific prescribed way that we got to the point where we are. With this yep. many people on the planet. It only happens one way. It doesn't work any other way. And um, now and now and, there, and now, there's a move to remove the term mom or mother and replace it with the term birther people. Yeah. Well, can a man be a birther people then? Because that's the next step in this. Yeah. That there's, you know, we keep trying to draw these lines and, and, and then retreat behind them and then... Each of those lines, each of those words that, that, that propose a definition or, or, or a barrier upon meaning, um, they end up being the next item subsumed yeah. into this whole nothing means anything. There was years back, and I, I really hate to use this as a source, but um, because it was a movie, and I hate to I hate to get any uh, I hate to get any item of truth from a um, from an, from a work of fiction. But uh, there was a movie called V for Vendetta. Okay. And in this, he talks about words retaining their power. And and that, that they will be the very enunciation of truth. Well, that is why we they are under the onslaught that they are. And, and, and now if you try to use any words, you're not allowed. But, but other people... You know, in the Golden and Ivory Towers, they get to decide what these words mean for us. Well, guess what? This is this is the ultimate gaslighting ever, and and it's and it's gaslighting being weaponized to nuclear proportions, where our our way of life, our government, our our very thought processes, are being stolen away from us. Yep. And you're not you're not allowed to make sense. You know, it's like the ongoing joke about uh, Facebook, where they're saying, uh, "Hey, uh, how, how do you know? How can you guarantee that the Facebook uh, 
fact checkers are going to be on your back, say something true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think a lot of it is these, so a lot of these people, one of two things, they're, they're, they're just, they have an agenda and they're out to destroy everything. Or some of them legitimately might be so confused that they can't stand living in a world where everybody else isn't confused. And that's why they're forcing us to use these pronouns and all that stupidity. Um, I'll tell you yep. what, too, and I'm not going to get into this because i got to be careful about what I say here, but there are a lot of workplaces that are putting, you know, they want you to put in your signature, and this isn't the company that I work for. I'll make that disclaimer. They want you to put in your work signature the pronoun that you prefer to be called by, and this is to be inclusive to other people. Um, since why do I have to be inclusive to somebody that for centuries has not been the norm? Shouldn't they? And why? Here's a here's a novel idea. Be inclu be inclusive to the norm. Don't change the norm. Well, we've already got we've already got laws that protect people from being um, from being discriminated against for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. You can. You're you're supposed to be able to get whatever job you want. I got no um, problem with that. Okay, you're supposed to have equal representation under the law. You're supposed yep. to be able to fe feel safe in your person and in your home. Um, you're supposed to be able to travel, to stop, uh, to select teachers of your choosing. You're supposed to be able to do all of these things, and we have laws that defend that. Mm -hmm. But see, that's not the, freedom. Is not the real agenda. It's domination over people that simply opt to disagree. Right. You know, I, I worked in an office building. This this happened almost 10 years ago. And uh, there was a young man, I, I kind of remember him because he was very unique in many, many different ways. But uh, he came in, and he was fairly normal for the most part until Halloween came. He decided to come to work dressed up like Dorothy from Wizard of the uh, of uh, the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy, you know, had the blue checkered farm dress on, pigtails and everything. Well, I don't know what happened. He must have thought people liked that. He got a lot of attention from it or whatever. The day after Halloween, he comes in dressed up very similar. The day after that, still wearing a dress, still wearing a wig. This went on. One day, I went in to use the men's restroom. Of course, we all know that the appliances in the men's restroom are a little bit different. And right. uh, I was using one of these different different appliances. You like how I'm being gingerly here? Right. With the ginger. Then uh, <laughs> Anyway, the ginger ninja. Um, but anyway, he comes in, and he's standing next to me wearing this garb. And uh, I, you know, it, I did not feel comfortable. Should I have felt comfortable? I, I, I didn't. It wasn't that I disliked him or hated him or anything. It just, I didn't feel right having a guy that looked like a woman standing next to me while I'm handling my business. And well, uh, Go ahead. Well, um, I, I went and I didn't take that matter to the superiors, um, my bosses, but I did approach them. I said, hey, this, this guy's doing this. You know, coming in to work dressed every day, every day like a woman, and their response was, "Well, we we can't do anything about that. That you know, we can't you know, 
uh, that would be an encroachment on his rights to tell him not to come into work that way. And I said, what about productivity? That's the number one thing. Because when he comes in dressed like that, and he's uh, got that feminine... I said, he, he is a distraction. And that is a, a deterrent to productivity. I said, that affects productivity. And that you can do something about. And they didn't... They didn't uh, you know, throw that under the bus completely or t toss that in the trash can, but they were like, oh, we just don't want to go there because HR and everything. They I don't said, want to take responsibility. Exactly. That's what it was. And I, and I love these guys that I worked with. They were, I'm still good friends with them to this day, my supervisors and stuff. They just had a different approach. Um, so I said, well, here's the thing, too. On top of this, the distraction out on the floor... I said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe in the men's room. This guy was not a, a wimpy guy. I mean, he, he was kind of muscular a little bit, and he could scrap, I'm sure. I said, I, I don't feel real comfortable in that situation. I, he was a little bit mentally unstable. I didn't know if he was going to reach out and grab me, because you never know what to be people like that. You, you just don't know what they're going to do or what they're capable of. Well, and... and let me have you put a, a, a pin in that statement right there. I yeah. want you to come back exactly on that point. Okay. It is because I want to justify what you just said. Please do. Okay. Because, you know, there's going to be people that go, well, how do you know? You know, are you some kind of. I a, don't. Well, you, well, you, well, here's the problem. You kind of do. We well. all do. We all do. We all do intuitively. When somebody sends a mixed message like that, I want to dress like a woman. I want to identify as a woman, but I'm going to show up in the men's bathroom. This is a contradicting statement. Now, I already know what the lefty response is going to be. Well, he's gender fluid. Well, this was before take your, time. <laughs> take, take your fluidity somewhere else. Make a decision about what you are because the plumbing in the building only allows for one of two places for you to go. Right. Well, and we kind of need you to decide which one of these you are, and if you're using this bathroom, we we have a right to expect you to be uh, to to look like that outside mm -hmm. so of the bathroom let me, in, in the workplace, so that you're not a distraction. Right. So let me tell you what they did. What the solution okay. that they came up to? They get. I think they gave him. They either gave him a memo or everybody in the building that if you're not going to dress. Uh, as the gender you are, um, when it comes to using the restroom, they had a, they had a restroom at the front of the building that was just a one single restroom. It was a men and women's restroom, but you could only you know one person in there and lock the door behind you. And they said if you're going to dress this way, be a distraction, then this is the restroom you must use. And I I was somewhat satisfied with that. I I didn't have to worry about going into the big men's room in the back. And having a confrontation with this individual, right. uh, I wasn't distracted. I wasn't. Uh, my mind wasn't, you know, put ill at ease or anything. It worked for me. Honestly, he didn't work much there much longer after that because he, well, honestly, had some problems with the law uh, oh, in well. other areas. Um, so, but I had an interesting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say this whole thing that for for years. For this, the entire 20th century, there's been men's room and women's room, and there's there's been, on occasion, a room that was meant for both. But if it was meant for both, you both weren't in there at the same time. Exactly. It was 
a boy and a son, a mother and a daughter, lock the door, nobody else gets in. And now all of a sudden, and this is what really, really, uh, this really puts the holes in in the bottom of my boat, uh, that we've got people in the highest office in the land saying, well, they, you know, like, like this gender neutrality, they're pushing it. And they're pushing in public schools. If a girl wants to use the boys' bathroom, she can, and vice versa. Now, that hasn't been the norm for any time in history that I know of, and yet we've got people who are smart enough to be elected, supposedly, insert your own joke here, at face value, they're smart enough to be in office, and right. yet they can't fathom the basics of n- decency and normalcy? And and again, I'm not saying that these people need to be hated, chastised, abused, picked on. But at the same time, those of us who go, who go by the standard that we've gone by for centuries, we shouldn't be abused, picked on, told that we're wrong if we disagree. They well, are not I, the victims here. We are. Thank you. Exactly right. Th- th- I had an interesting conversation with somebody that's... Um, Gonna remain nameless, but is uh, but also is a little bit friendlier to, shall we say, the other side of this conversation. Okay, not not saying that this person is is uh, transgender by any by any specificity, but um, but uh, is is friendlier to the and more tolerant of the the idea that hey, there's people out there that are like this. We need to be okay with them, and so the conversation came up about those people who are very flamboyant. Mm-hmm. about about it the, their mannerisms are all over the top um it's it's the it's the sort of thing that in in years gone by comedians would be um doing these kinds of caricatures of them oh yeah and yet and yet you see these people that are out there um that are that are legitimately seriously well this is just who i am and they're hello you know and they're out there like so right and and the interesting point of agreement between me and this person who's tolerant of this other viewpoint is that, yeah, see, we, we've got a word for people that are over-the-top annoying like that. We call it narcissistic. And it wouldn't be okay if a straight man did that and made a show of himself. So why then would it be okay for anybody else? And it's just... And, and, and he was like... Uh, you know, they're just supposedly they're just happy to be out, not to be oppressed, and all of this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And and before I could get the words out of my my mouth, he said, uh, yeah, but it wouldn't be okay for a straight man to be out there and that annoying about it. Why would it be okay for anybody else? Wow. There's, there's this, yeah. And this is coming from the other side. At, right. at some point, according to your point. Um, you know, you get into a workplace, we need to be able to just, with without having to work too hard at it, concentrate on getting along and getting the job that is the job. Just get the job done. And, and when the workplace is being turned into such a political uh, hotbed, it's like, well, wait a second. If it's going to be that kind of a hotbed, am I allowed to speak my point of view? Oh, well, no. Okay, then stop it. Right. Because either it's equal for everybody across the board, or you don't get to point to push your view on me, right? Pick one, yeah, one or the other, and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate it if it was you on the receiving end. So how about you don't do that to me? I, but I that's totally not agree. The, yeah, but that's not the that's not the definition of 
of tolerance or equality these days. Tolerance and equality are, well, now because of years of oppression, and this could go into other topics that I'm not purposefully going there, for years of oppression in these particular areas that they get to do to us. Okay, let's say that we allowed that. We shouldn't, mm-hmm. but let's say we did. At what point is the is the debt paid? At what point are we done? Because right. if, if we don't have a clear point of delineation where whatever debt it is that we're supposed to pay is done and over with, then this isn't about paying debts. This is about taking over. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I, I just I wish things were back to normal. You know, when I say normal, I mean, like it was I, I'm not saying that there weren't, weren't isolated incidences in the early 80s, but I remember in the early 80s when I joined the workforce or mid 80s. There, things weren't talked about. Things weren't pushed in your face. Um, there, there was a guy I mentioned working in the bottle return back at Hamdy Supermarket when I was a kid. I was about thir- No, I was about fifteen, I guess. Working back there, and there was this guy back there. I don't remember his name. Um, he was nice kid. I didn't really have any feminine tendencies about him. If they if he did, they were so slight I didn't recognize him. Of course, fifteen year old preacher's boy, I was pretty naive too at the time. Um, but he uh, he came up to me. He was working the bottle return. He says, "Hey, me and my friends are getting together tonight, and we're going to play some games. You want to come over and play some games?" And I said, "Sure. Why not? That sounds like fun." I was ready to make some more friends in in the workplace. And uh, later on that night, before we left, another one of the people that worked there, a young man that worked there, he said, I understand so-and-so invited you over to play some games. And I said, yeah, yeah, he did. I, I told him I was planning on coming. And he goes, just so you know, this individual, and he started telling me some personal things, and he said, I went to one of his game nights thinking the same thing you did, and it's not the kind of games you want to play. And he went into a little bit further detail. Well, I went to this gentleman and said, hey, you know what? Um, after second thought, I, I, I really need to get home to my family tonight, so I'm going to pass on your game night. But that was as far as anything ever went, getting pushed in. It wasn't pushed in my face. It was an invitation um, to participate in something. I don't know what it was. For all, for all I know, he really wanted to play Monopoly that night. I don't know. Um, but I wasn't taking any chances, not right. going to do that. You know, wouldn't be prudent, but, uh, not at this particular job. Right. So that, and, and that was a f- first experience. Uh, maybe that's a bad word. Th- my first encounter <laughs> with anything like that as, as a 15 year old kid, I mean, I barely understood what the word gay meant. Um, cause I, you know, growing up in our circles, we heard gay in a song. It meant you were happy and on your way to heaven. Right. It, it it nowadays it means that you're trying to be happy but you're not on your way to, way to heaven. And and let me clarify that before I get some emails here too. That's according to the Bible. Period. And and we're just going to leave that at that. There's no yeah. argument, no debate there. Now, can people who have those tendencies be saved? Absolutely. They can be. But the Bible says those who are saved become new creatures in Christ. And this isn't the time or the place for that. I'm just going to leave it at that. No debate. Fair period. enough. Yeah. So, anyway, tell tell me how you really feel, Jim. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was a few years back, and this is this is the point that I'd like to get. So we're right 
we're back to this. Okay. Because this is where I'm at. Um, I was with my children at a family video near my house. Uh-huh. And there was a guy that started, he was, he was in the store, and he started to stalk on the young fellow that was behind the counter. And the young fellow behind the counter, you could tell he was a little bit, he had some, uh, some tendencies. And I looked at it, I says, tendencies or not, this guy is stalking on him hard. And I've got, I've got a particular set of radar in my head that I, when, when I see somebody that's, that's setting up like a predator, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's a very special radar that goes off in my head. And, and I lock onto that person. Right. No, okay. I know exactly what you mean because I've experienced that myself in a few situations. You know, there's you notice how people are are about their business, um, and then you notice people who are looking for someone to lock onto and prey upon. And I saw this fella lock onto and in the manner of a predator upon this young fellow that was behind the counter. And I whispered to my children, I says, get your selections. Let's get out of here right now. Mm-hmm. And, and my kids, my kids know when, when I tell them something like that, they lock onto me and they follow me. Sure. Um, it's just by, by experience, they've learned this isn't, this isn't, Papa doesn't push the big red button very readily, but when he does, you move on his word right now. Yep. And they, and they did to their credit. They did. We got up to the. We got up to the thing, and I, I, I told the young man, I says, I need you to look me in the eye and don't look anywhere else. I had my hands up on the counter so he could see them. Right. You know, I'm not representing a threat. I says, but I need to let you know that someone is in the store that looks like he's he's staring you down hard. He looks like he's ready to prey on you. I says, now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do everything I can for you, and I'm not going to leave you alone. Okay, I says, but I've got to get my children out of this store. Right. I says, ring me out. I'm going to step out. And then I'm going to immediately call the police. I'm not going to leave the premises until I see the police arrive. Once I call the police, I'm going to call the store back. I need you to pick up and let me know that you're okay. And I'm going to give you a status report on what's going on with the police. And and you saw the fear immediately come into his eyes. It says, I got your back, bro. Okay, this is, I'm not leaving you, but I hope you understand. I've got to get my children out of the store. This guy's not safe. Right. And he glances over my shoulder and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I says, you're not alone. You're not dealing with this alone. Long story short, I made good on my plan. I made good on my promise. I stayed there until the police arrived. And... um. It was it was what I said it was. I don't know what the problem was with. It. Well, I ended up calling up to the store um, some while later after the police had arrived and I left and I had been in contact with the police and said, "Do you need me to stay around so that I can give you some sense of of what it was that I saw?" They were satisfied with my word. I gave them my phone number and I was I was on my way. And um, I called up to the store and says, "Hey, is so and so okay?" And um, and I and they told me, yeah, he ended up going home early. He's pretty shaken up by the whole experience, but it was it was right. It was it was what you said. And um, are you the guy with the kids? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy with the kids. And they're like, thank you so much. And the the lady probably offered more information than what she meant to, but she ended up telling me that that she thought that it was because he was of another persuasion sexually, right. 
okay. and that he was being preyed upon. And and the thing was, is I looked at the other guy, and I'm like, I, I'm kind of thinking this guy was the other direction as well. But the point being is that can we get back to the point where a Jesus-loving, Bible-thumping breeder like me can can just see another human being, see that they're in danger, reach out, take a, a compassionate step to try to increase their safety and well-being, and and not walk out the door and be called a hater? Right. Can we get back to I, yeah. that point? I was just thinking the same thing. I get that's, I get that's tired what of being I labeled get back that. To. I get tired of being labeled somebody who hates other races, other persuasions. Persuasions. That's a good. Uh, I'm tired of that. I don't. I have I have worked uh, with different people from diff- different persuasions, different uh, races. Anybody that I've ever worked with will tell you I'm there for them. They need help with a project. I'm there. And if I didn't have my children with me, I would have stayed in the store. Sure, sure. No, that and that's understandable. Your just children's safety comes first. But I am, and I think one of the things that has hurt us, and and I don't even hear anything about them anymore, and I'm glad I don't. But that Westboro Baptist Church out of Kansas City, they did more to hurt the cause of Christ. What what damage? Uh, unbelievable, and I'm gl- I don't know what happened. How come we don't hear about them anymore? I'm just glad we don't. I I, I am, but because they do, they do not represent the faith of Jesus Christ in any way that I'm yeah. satisfied to identify with. What what? And, and I think 99.999% of all Christians everywhere uh, would agree with that. The 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 what I hated about that group and about people that talked about them was it was the same people. That said, oh, Baptist, we know what you are. Look at Westboro Baptist Church. The same people that would say all Baptists are like Westboro Baptist Church would be the same people that would try to tell us that not all Muslims are evil and violent. You can't take into account just a small sect, but yet these same people were telling us... They will use that label on as many as they can. Exactly right. Exactly. So they're not consistent. Um, But anyway, I... uh, that's how I really feel, Jim. <laughs> so, Is that how you really that's feel? That's how I really feel. So anyway, you are you ready to move on to lighter objects? Yes, L- please. Lighter subjects. You. So, uh, hey, uh, how's, has it been hot up there where you've been? It has been. It's it's kind of backed off a little bit, but there's a couple days where it was pretty sweltering. Well, I got... Not, not compared to what you guys oh, go through. Oh, let me tell was, you. Um, you know, we're we're getting ready to move by the end of this year to uh, outside of Morristown, Arizona. I've been monitoring the temperatures up there. Uh, they've had some days between 106 and 115. Uh, we've had between 99 and 106 or 7 right around there. So it's hot. I stepped out today. It was 102. I stepped out and just walked to the garage for something for a minute. And uh, it's been hot. So I, I got to thinking the other day about ways to stay cool during the summer, the hot summers. Uh, one of the things I found out, do you, do you know the stock tanks that like they use for... Oh, yeah. yeah. When I say stock, I mean like cows and... Yep, the big yeah. galvanized... People are buying those and building little decks and platforms around them to have like a I way to... S- that's yeah. brilliant. I love that. Um, check out, if you get a chance, stocktankpool.net. Check out the watering hole model. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. You could do this 
with a filter and everything, probably for right around 500 bucks. Um, now, that doesn't include your deck. Or some people are even b digging holes in the ground and putting them, you know, sunken. Um, really, really cool stuff. When we get moved, if I've got enough uh, spot in my backyard to do that, I might consider that. Uh, that would be so cool. So, I remember when I was a kid, my grandpa, we'd, we'd uh, go visit him downtown St. Louis. He had a one of these old duplexes that was built for uh, during the, the um, time of the 1904 World's Fair. It was built right around that time. And they had a, had some neighbor kids that they, they had one of those stock tank pools. They were out there all the time. And they'd get mad because they had a big old apple tree. My grandpa, I think he had an apple tree too there too. He had an apple, pear, and a few other fruit trees. But their their own apples would fall into their pool, and they'd get mad because they thought we were throwing them in there when they weren't looking, but we weren't. So, I don't know, childhood memories. It just popped up <laughs> out of nowhere. But, uh, yeah, you got, you got a big enough backyard. You could do that if you wanted to, don't you? Yep. It's, it's kind of chopped up into some interesting little sections, but yes. Um, I, I like I kind of like my yard because just about the time you think you've come to the last little go around the bend cool little thing to see it's like hey there's another one over around there yeah yeah you've got a yard that's got like trees and little fences and or not little fences but but you got a big fence in the back right yep and uh, different like I my grandmother the one I was talking about earlier she lived in Springfield Missouri one time and she moved around a lot but she rented this one house. And I'll never forget it because I walked out in the backyard, and I don't know what it was before she got it, but she had these, they looked like foxholes everywhere in the backyard, and they were all, uh, had concrete linings. So I think at one time they were like interconnected koi ponds or something. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was we, we had a lot of fun. We'd get our little plastic helmets on and our M1 Garand toy rifles and run around that place. Yeah, yep. Did you ever have one of those toy rifles? You pull the bolt back, and it had the that orange bullet. The little, yeah, the little wooden bullet inside. Yeah, <laughs> those were awesome. I love that thing. And when you pull the trigger, it went click, click. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the big green army, uh, the the strap on it that they came with, that was cool. You couldn't get any cooler than that. So except except unless you had not only the helmet and that rifle, but a nice set of walkie talkies. Those were the days. Those were the days. So uh, here's some other ideas. To, what do you do to keep cool, Jim? Uh, I mean, ice water. <laughs> ice water? I do I do have uh, some window units here at the house. Um, the only problem is, is my electrical system is such that if I have the AC in the living room on, I can't have the television on. Does the circuit of course, trip? Uh, yes. Of course, the, the, the television I'm talking about, I got a big flat screen TV. Okay. Um, second hand, you know, but it was, it, it mostly works. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I'm improvised good. around its limitations, but it's still one of those really big flat screen TVs. And if I have the AC on at the same time as the television's on, uh, it will trip the trigger. We've, we've got, if we use our air fryer and the microwave at the same time, it trips, trick trips it here too. So, and sometimes one of them with the washing machine too. But, uh, anyway... Um, ways to stay cool. Some of these are just common sense. Wear loose-fitting clothing, preferably of a light color. Gee, you think? Um, mm -hmm. Cotton clothing will keep you cooler than many synthetics. Yeah, that's true. 
Remember those? Remember when we were kids, teenagers, and young college students? Those polyester black pants. Oh Lord! That would you know with a suit with enough yeah. with enough plastic in them to make a frisbee. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fill a spray bottle with water and keep it in the refrigerator for a quick spray to your face after being outdoors. I uh, Sarah, when I we started dating, I never had one before, but she used to buy me these cooling cloths, and you soak them down with water, stick them in the freezer, and then they come out nice and crispy, and you. You still bend them a little bit, but I would take one and wrap around my neck, and it would be good for a couple hours. So, good, great on a motorcycle ride, too, when it's hot. Um, fans can help circulate air and make you feel cooler, even in an air-conditioned house. Uh, here's an interesting one. Try storing lotions or cosmetic toners in the refrigerator to use on hot, overtired feet. Interesting. So, yeah. So, uh, and I've done this before, bottle of water, stick it in the freezer, let it freeze completely solid, and then when you're out mowing the yard or whatever, it kind of goes back down to ice water. So Now, that's that's one of the things I'll do uh, for Fufu. Yeah? Is I'll take like a two-liter pop after the kids are done with it, and I'll, I'll rinse it out and load it with water, and I'll put one of those in the freezer, and then when it, once it freezes... I take off for the day, know it's going to be a warm day, and I'll put that down in with Fufu, and you'll come back and you'll see him snuggled up against that thing, staying cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, you know, um, Babe Ruth used to keep a, a leaf of cabbage in I, his in his hat. I think we talked about that on the show one yep. time. So, uh, avoid caffeine and alcohol. These prom- promote dehydration. Um, interesting. You know, I love my carbonated caffeine. Love it, so I might have to struggle with that one. So anyway, those are those are some ways to keep cool. I still want the swimming pool. I I always wanted a swimming pool. So they have those those Intech swimming pools. Uh huh. What's that? Um, they're 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 plastic. You lay them down on the ground. You inflate like the top ring of the thing is inflated and inflatable. Okay. And what ends up happening is as you fill the middle section where the water is, the the inflated section always elevates. Oh, up. it rises up with the pressure. It rises, it rises up with the pressure. But the thing Interesting. is like inverted, so it's actually narrower at the top than it is at the base. Interesting. So it so you inflate the top and you start to fill it, and it will actually fill from the bottom, and and, and um, and no need to have any kind of. Uh, Support additional any support or anything like that. Those things sometimes you can find those on special. Those are those are phenomenal. Huh. Interesting. So, I plan on staying as cool as I possibly can. And you know what? My plan to stay cool this summer? Just be cool. Just be cool. Try, try, <laughs> try to stay indoors. Right. Yeah, as much as I possibly can. I can't though. I've got too much yard work and too much stuff to do. And you know, we were planning on moving in July. Uh, but we got word that they didn't get our building permit until a couple of weeks ago, and now they're saying we're not going to be able to move until November. And at first I was, like, disappointed because I really want to get out there and get settled. Then I thought, do I want to move? Do I want to unload a U-Haul truck in in the Phoenix area of Arizona in 115, 120-degree heat, or would I rather wait till November when it's a little cooler? And not only that, it gives us more time to pack and get ready. So I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take the November. So it all it all works out. Now you know what? Um, another good thing to just help your body cope 
with the heat. Chocolate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, chocolate I, I is, love chocolate. I don't know what the I question is, but chocolate is the answer. So anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Um, vinegar. Um, yeah. Like apple cider vinegar. You take about a tablespoon of that, put it down in the bottom of a of a cold glass of water, and uh, and you swig that down or sip it down, whatever you're able to tolerate. But it thins the blood, and it, it allows you to more readily tolerate the heat. Interesting. And that's a that's a trick that's done in some some countries south of the equator. Um, some a, a lot of times you'd see the uh, before refrigeration was a thing they would they would put a lot of vinegar in their food dishes so it would fend off spoiling. But the other benefit that it would have is that when the men would consume their lunches, um, they'd have all that vinegar in them, and it would it would thin their blood. Huh. And of course, they, they would hydrate and drink water alongside of that. But sometimes, sometimes they would just do the uh, do the, the the cold water with some vinegar in it. Another really nice thing. You ever have you ever gone out to one of these Renaissance festivals? I've never been to one, but I've always wanted to go to one. And you know why? To I point and laugh. I, no, no. <laughs> I love smoked people. turkey legs. Oh yeah, and that's yes, the place yes. to get them. That's the place to get them, a soup and a bread bowl and all that happy stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things you'll see out in the uh, in the walkways where people are going is uh, they, 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 they're they smart. They, they realize, hey, you know what? There's going to be people out here. We're, we're kind of doing this throwback to the Middle Ages thing. you got to have options for people to, uh, you know, stay properly hydrated and whatnot. One of the things they've got is pickles. Really? They'll have these great big they'll have these carts out there and somebody out pickles get your pickles that here that makes sense ice cold pickle and so they'll have these uh gigantic dill pickles and all the salt and all the vinegar in there and they they give them to you just just ice cold another thing they'll have is they call them italian ices and what the, what they basically are is they'll take different flavors of like snow cone uh snow Right. Hard pack it onto like a uh, a half of an orange, and and then you consume this like an like an ice cream cone, except it's hard packed and it's a little bit of a novelty specific to those. But they call them Italian ices. But uh, the pickles, I tell you what, a good dill pickle on a hot day that'll bring you back from the dead. Well, tell me, Jim, because uh, I am curious now. Were pickles a thing during middle medieval times? Um, I would assume so, was, but I don't know. There was a lot of stuff like that that was that was done, um, and and I'm, I'd be hard pressed to say whether pickles were, but I know there was a lot of really interesting, really intense uh, fl- flavors and seasonings that were done during the Middle Ages. That today we'd kind of go, really? But yeah, back then it was that was the stuff. Interesting, interesting. I I would like to go to one of those. F- festivals one time of course i i have nothing to wear um but, <laughs> yeah you don't so. have to you get there they'll happily sell you something yeah oh i'm sure that's that's true <laughs> i always like the chain mail that you used to make uh i was fascinated by that uh that interest uh, of yours well, I'm, I, I'm sorry let me rephrase that i was always fascinated by that interest of yarn Yarn? So, yes. It wasn't yarn it was steel it was, yes i know <laughs> it wasn't yarn it was wire it wasn't yarn um, yarn <laughs> right, and I, st- and I still have that. I've got my yeah. my chainmail shirt, and you don't have the one um, you made when we were back in college, still, do you? I never finished that one. Uh, oh, really? You st- do you still have it hanging up in the? 
I've still I've Closet still got my chainmail shirt. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, actually, I, I made it, and then I made it. Um, that was the one bigger. you made out of coat hangers, right? Well, I started with coat hangers. Okay. And then I ended up finding out that um, you could go to Tractor Supply and buy uh, 14 or 17 gauge electrical fencing wire by the quarter or half mile. Oh, a lot cheaper. And a lot cheaper, a lot more efficient way to get her done. And um, so, yeah, I've got, I don't, I, I should know by now, but I've got 42 pound chainmail shirt. Uh, back then, I had it. I had it. I was a bigger person, and I expected to get bigger yet. So I made it, anticipating being <laughs> an, I, a bigger person yet. And by the time that shirt was done, it weighed—I kid you not—forty-two pounds. Interesting. And, and um, instead of getting bigger, I got smaller. Um, in fact, I weighed in here just a couple of days ago at one hundred and eighty pounds. Um, oh, I remember those I, days. Yeah, myself, I know, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was called high school. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> Back when I got sick a couple of years ago, I dropped down to about 188, which oh, wow. I, that was that was good for me because I'm six foot two, and so I was pretty happy with that. And uh, I'm 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 not as big as I once was at almost three three hundred fifty pounds was, was almost my highest, um, but I'm I'm about two twenty two twenty five somewhere in there. At, um, at one point, of course, I'm on a good day. I'm five foot eight. <laughs> but I'm built like big wearing bird. The, wearing the right shoes. You're right. right shoes. Yeah. But um, at one point, I topped out approaching 250 pounds. Mm. And um, so for me to be at 180, right. I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling good. pretty good about that. I mean, it. it not that I'm, I, I say, hey, I've achieved it. I, I'm where I'd like to be. But it's like, hey, I'm within striking distance. I could be the way I want to be. Right. <laughs> well, my problem is... is distribution i guess it's a problem it's kind of a blessing but nothing you know i can eat and none of the calories none of the carbs none of the fat goes anywhere below my belt i've got i i literally built like big bird i got skinny skinny legs uh no meat on my backside it, it it's just i somebody once said elvis presley had trucker's disease which meant big gut little butt um so i guess <laughs> i've got trucker's disease in that aspect um if I can, I'm happy when I can look down and see my belt buckle, which I can right now. So you don't but, have but Dunlap disease. I don't have Dunlap disease. Yeah, that's where your belly Dunlaps over your belt. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm i pretty content where I'm at, but I I'm, I say content. But I wouldn't mind being a few pounds, you know, shyer, a few pounds less. So that I would, could deal with my weight, but I'd like to have a little more muscle and a little bit more fat and probably average out right about where I'm at. Who wouldn't like a little more muscle? Er, yeah. So, kind kind of the Jason Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. Not not so much the Arnold. Right. I don't I don't need to be Arnold, but Jason Statham that would be that's just about right. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Hey, here's a trivia question for you, Jim. Are you ready for this? Sure. In one year, an elevator will travel on average how far? What do you think? Oh, the average a, the average elevator. Yes. Um, this is a quite an interesting answer. Fifty miles? No, oh no, 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 no. Twelve thousand five hundred miles. Wow. Yeah. How many? Wow. You take all the Americans in America. How many tubes of toothpaste will they use in one year? <laughs> Fifty miles? No. Well, should should we should we separate this out on? <laughs> 
on genders because if it's girls. <laughs> mm. What do you think? Do you think women use more toothpaste than men? I would tend to think that women take better care of themselves. Than yeah, we that's do. probably true. <laughs> yeah, we do that old, uh, you know, cup our hand and check check our breath. To that's whether you need a, a mint, not a, not toothpaste. You know, right. <laughs> technically, uh, actually, the answer is four hundred million tubes of toothpaste in a year used by Americans. Yeah, and that's how that's kind of the men use a, a similar principle to tell if they need to wash their shirt or or put right. de, or put deodorant on. It's the same test. You know, just right. stick your nose, you know, in your armpit and inhale deeply. And if you smell any, anything, it's either your deodorant or you need a new shirt, or in many cases both. And remember the old days of bachelorhood when a shirt needed ironing? What did we do? <laughs> Throw it in the dryer. <laughs> Hey, I still do that. I do too. They make that spray. You can spray on it. That wrinkle-free stuff. Throw it in the dryer, and it's fine. Well, so. somebody that you and I both know sent me these lamb's wool. They look like tennis balls. Yeah. And they came in a pack of three. Interesting. And I don't quite understand what's at work there. But you can take a shirt that's looking like death warmed over, as far as needing a, a proper iron put to it, and you stick that in there with those those lambs will balls and um they will knock every wrinkle out of that thing i will have to check that out i, I might get get a set for set of those hey jim i hate to say it but it's time we close out we are out of time folks i would like to remind you to tip your server make a friend spend time with your kids and for pete's sake wipe the toothpaste out of the bottom of the sink before your wife gets in there uh <laughs> Something I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, we are heard on the Leading Edge Radio Network, Q-Star FM, WBM Radio, Good Talk Radio, Delmarva Talk Radio, and of course, uh, ApexRadioNet.com is now Leading Edge Radio. Uh, they're at LearnTalk.com. Uh, but anyway, I think, I think don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Jim. And please, turn on your Amber Alerts. The life you save may be someone that you know. Be cool and stay cool. We'll see you next time right here on the Biscuits and Gravy Show. Good night, everybody. 